You are listening to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast presented by Realm of the Mists Entertainment with your host, John Tolley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. We are coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is my co-host with the mo-host, Mr. Christopher Stolley. Chris, it, how are you doing today, man? It's showtime! Wait, shit, wrong movie. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right well this is going to be a a uh, little bit of a shorter show today um we're con- just going to continue pretty much right where you left off last week with the secondary characters of star wars and starting off with um vice admiral haldo uh, of course we're doing our uh women of star wars series uh for those of you who are new going through all of the uh, female characters in Star Wars, or at least as many as we can. That we can think of. Yeah, and last week we just kind of uh, touched on some of these secondary characters, and um, I think picking up with Admiral Haldo is is a good one. Uh, I just recently re-watched Last Jedi, and I tried to watch it this time with a little bit more of a critical eye. I think last time I watched it, uh, was in the theaters, and I definitely had these Star Wars rose-colored glasses on. So I wanted to watch it this time with a little bit more critical eye, and I have a question for you. Okay. What was it, do you think, that made... Uh, and not, well, we'll get to Rose later, but with Haldo particularly, that made her so hated by the fan base? Why do you think she was? And then I have another question after you answer that question. Well, there's two. There's two uh, points of theory that I have behind that. Number one is a lot of the fandom's lack of military etiquette, knowledge mm-hmm. of military etiquette. Uh, her reactions to things like Poe, uh, yeah. and, and not giving him information or or or, or sharing her plan with him. She's a general or vice admiral. He's a commander. She has no obligation to tell him shit. Just do your exactly. job, do your yeah. job. Now, yeah. in the way that she presented it, sometimes could have been you know poorly handled. But that being said, military etiquette. She's under no obligation to tell him anything. He's under obligation yeah. to just follow orders. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one thing I know a lot of the fan base had a, had a problem with that. I don't necessarily agree with the other yeah. thing is, is previously before the last Jedi was released, uh, vice Admiral Haldo was, was, uh, seen in books and she was a different type of character in the book. So a yeah. lot of the miscomplaint about her was the fact that she, for, for those that read books and, and the comics and, and weren't just the casual, you know, film goer, 
Uh, mm-hmm. She wasn't this really the same character. She was yeah. in the book. She was more and and again, I hate using reference of other film franchises, but she was kind of more of a Luna Lovegood type, whimsical mm-hmm. out there, you know, type character. And yeah. in this one, she was more precise, more in charge. But I guess you could kind of look at that as as a as the fact that she's now in charge of what's left of this fleet. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like a lot of, I know the, the thing that you hear a lot of is, Oh, she's just a quote unquote SJW. And to me, that just comes from the fact that, you know, nothing I seen of her character made me think that I think it was for me, it was just the fact that people see purple hair and they automatically think, Oh, she's a feminist. You know, they see someone like, Oh, it's that, but I never really got that from that character. I just saw it. Someone who, was you know, er, you know, made her way up through the ranks and ha- just happened to be the vice admiral who just happened to be a woman who just happened to have purple hair, you know. Well, let me let me at, let me turn around and ask you a question. Since you started off this this line of questioning with, uh, you just watched Last Jedi again with a more critical eye and less of a, a fanboy eye. Yeah. What is your take on Haldo, and did it change from when you initially saw it? just being excited to watch a Star Wars movie. Not really. No. I mean, I completely agreed with her rationale and her, um, you know, like you said, and I was, you know, I was in the military, you were, but I did grow up around people who were in the military and my nephew's in the army right now. So I do kind of know military etiquette. And as you said, she was under no obligation to tell him, uh, dang thing. Like she didn't have to tell him anything. Um, so with that, yeah, yeah. I didn't really have any, any problem with what, how she handled the situation, what she did. Cause in the end, her plan w- would have worked if, you know, and even, even whenever she, she confronted him after at the near, uh, the critical point in the movie when uh, Poe kind of, you know, tells her what he, what was going on and what Finn and Rose were doing. And she rightfully calls him out of, yeah, I didn't do that because that's a stupid plan. Right. You know, she rightfully calls him out. Like that is a dumb idea. You put more people in, in danger and, you know, so yeah, I had no, really no problem with what, she did. And quite honestly, she wasn't wrong. The plan was completely stupid. Like if I take away the fact, my personal dislike of the whole Canto bite scene and just look at it from a a observer standpoint, the Mm -hmm. idea, the idea of running out, looking for this code breaker to, to sneak onto a, an Imperial or excuse me, first order dreadnought with an ex stormtrooper, uh, uh, a grease monkey mechanic, and that's it. Was well, yeah, I wouldn't bet the fate of my fl- what's left of my fleet on that either. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I can't really blame her reaction. And just to to to, I I, I have to go back and read the books <coughs> to know for a fact. So uh, this take this with a grain of salt. But to address Haldo's purple hair, mm-hmm. this is a Star Wars universe. Now again, I don't remember what race Haldo comes from. Like, obviously, she's humanoid. But, you know, 
humans come from all different types of gal- uh, planets. They could be Tatooine. They could be Corellia. They could be whatever. There's nothing that says that on her planet, women don't, or people in general, don't have purple hair. I don't think it was supposed to be intended as, like, an SJW dye job, but that's just the color hair her people have. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's just, it's today's society. You know, there's so many people who, like I said, they automatically see that and they automatically think, oh, it's promoting this. And not that, you know, some of the recent stuff from Star Wars hasn't tried to promote a certain political view. And uh, we don't really go into that right now, but um, I don't think that just because she had a certain color hair that that's what that meant. I mean, that's just, yeah. To to uh, To be the devil's advocate, though, because she was a general and not necessarily like a representative of the Republic or something of that nature, or excuse me, I keep saying general, an admiral. Yeah. Uh, if I were to ch- have one criticism of the way she looked, it's the evening gown. She looked like mm. she was more set for like the Senate floor than leading a military. Yeah. I I would yeah. I would have put her in a uniform and not in an evening gown. But that that's a personal criticism. Yeah, I think they were trying to go more for the <laughs> um, with that look for the uh, Mun Mothma look to kind of put her in that sort of. Um, which again, like you said, though Mamakma was a senator, right? Who was kind of forced into a military role, whereas um, I did, I don't really know much about the backstory of Haldo and where she came from initially, as far as her background. But I think maybe that's what they were kind of look going for was that. And you've had that kind of thing again, even with with Leia. I mean, the first time we see Leia, she's not in a military outfit; she's in a white gown. Right, but she was she was you know she was uh, undercover. Again, she was undercover yeah, and, as a senate senator while uh, representing Alderaan, all the while yeah. doing the re- uh, rebellion's dirty work. You know, yeah, so but yeah. that that's one thing that from the books that you realize that maybe a lot of the casual uh, movie goers missed. Haldo was a student of Leia. Everything Haldo yeah. did and everything Haldo you know knows. Mm-hmm. She learned from Leia. Yeah, she she literally followed Leia around like a lost puppy. So mm-hmm. I mean, her her reactions to people like Poe and how she played things close to the chest to get the plan executed. Mm-hmm. That was that was basically the best way you could describe it. Is that something Leia would have done? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, of course, uh when we're talking about last Jedi, the other female character that you of course have to talk about (laughs) is Rose. Um, Rose definitely, I don't want to say she definitely was divisive character among the fan base. I think more than almost any other character of this side of Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Um, well, quite honestly, my, my opinion of Rose is that she was too sweet and innocent to be somebody who was wrapped up in a intergalactic war. Yeah. Um, the best way I could describe it, and it's another female character that we probably won't spend much time on, uh, but in the comics, there's a character called Dr. Aphra. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of an Indiana Jones archaeologist character, and my problem with her in the Star Wars universe is that she, she feels like a comic book character in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Rose feels like a sweet, innocent girl next door in an interstellar war. 
mm-hmm. she doesn't she doesn't fit. Now that's no knock against Kelly Marie Tran. That's no knock against. Uh, that's not even a knock against the writers. I just don't think the character itself fit. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard because, like you said, I don't know. Again, having just watched the movie again, I I think they could have done so much with that character. I think it was a character with a lot of lost opportunity. I don't know if it was the way they wrote the character or a different different actor but you know having a character who lost her sister in battle and is you know going through all this all this stuff and coming you know from her background i think that was a really lost opportunity with that character that character could have been a very great character and well, it's, it's hard to talk about Rose and not talk about Paige, and it's quite honestly that short amount of time that we had with Paige. Yeah, I I would not have complained if they would have switched roles, if mm-hmm. Rose was the one that died and 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 Paige was the one who went on the adventure with Finn, because Paige was a soldier. Yeah, she felt like somebody who's been involved with the resistance for quite some time and has seen some shit, done some shit and pulled her duty without letting optimism, emotion, whatever, get in the way. Yeah. Mission comes first, which is what you expect from from somebody serving on these cruisers or or anything else, no matter if you're Mm -hmm. a maintenance person or, you know, actual artillery pilot or whatever. You know, yeah. um, Rose, Rose felt like a teenage girl. Uh, the best way I could describe Rose, and, and again, it could be the way she was portrayed. It could be the way she was written. It could just be simply, you know, she was the wrong character for the wrong time. But to me, yeah. she felt like a Disney character in a Star Wars film. I get that. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, she like you said, she just feels very cute and innocent and yeah like she was purposely and again this is no knock on kelly marie tran or anything like that but she felt like she was purposely chosen to get that preteen girl audience that that seems like, about right yeah yeah you know um i mean I mean, who knows? Maybe episode nine they address that, and she kind of grows up when she wakes up out of the uh, coma. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe they'll address that. Maybe maybe she's been you know down in the in the bilges of the ship for so long that she really hasn't seen the horrors of it, and and it gro- grows her up. That's a possibility. I mean, just like just like I've argued with people who hate Last Jedi, and it's like let's remember it's the middle of the trilogy. I'll even be so yeah. fair as to say in Rose's story arc. Let's see how it finishes. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I, I'd agree with that too. Um, of course, everyone gets um, the uh, the uh, speeder scene where she makes the line of "We'll defeat, we'll, we'll defeat them not by what was the line? Uh, we won't, we won't beat them by what we hate. We have to defeat, defeat them with what we love, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, by." Yeah, not by destroying what we hate, but by fighting for what we love or something like that. Right. And when I when I watched that scene again, I didn't look at it from that view. I looked 
I looked at it as something different was Poe's story arc in that. Because if you remember at the front of the, at the beginning of the movie, and we'll get back to the women, but I think this kind of ties in with Haldo. Alright. And with and with Leia too, was when Poe is doing his attack run and she tells him to fall back and he disobeys orders. And you fast forward to the end of the movie and Poe's in that same position again, except he's now the one who has to tell Finn, pull back. Right. I thought that was kind of an interesting juxtaposition of him suddenly in that position of realizing, like, oh, okay, now I get what she was saying. Now I understand the point. And um, that was just a little tangent. But, yeah, I just thought it was kind of an interesting juxtaposition of that well, right there. Well, that beginning that beginning part where he pulls the whole f- uh, cell phone joke and, 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 you know, refuses to return on, on Leia's order, that's the exact reason why Haldo won't tell him the plan. He's already yeah. proven that he's a maverick, that he'll go against the order. Yeah. So why would you entrust somebody like that with information vital to keeping everybody alive? This yeah. guy, this yeah. guy's brass actions just destroyed your entire fighter and bomber fleet. Yeah. And, and I mean, in that whole scene, I mean, really, what was Finn going to do? Right. I mean, well, I mean, what what could I, I mean? Yes, he could have kamikazed it, but I mean, really, what would that have done in the long term? Just well, I with the critical eye, the Rose stopping Finn from ramming the uh, the Death Star ram. Yeah, was the dumbest move on the planet. Because as much as I personally didn't want to see Finn die, yeah. Um, First off, it would have been an honorable death for Finn. But second off, he would have stopped that ram. That ship would have would have disabled that gun. Yeah. And it wouldn't have blown a hole in that base. Yeah. So she really kind of screwed up in that. Like, I get the point that she was trying to push the, the love over hate thing, but... How much more could have happened and, and to save the resistance? How much more time could they have had had she just let Finn do what he was going to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, to me, her actions was more of a selfish move. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Definitely see that. Which, again, goes back to her child naivety. Yeah. And maybe that will be addressed in, like you said, that will be all be addressed in the next mo- in episode nine. Yeah, so you know that that's why with Rose it's such a hard thing. It's like the only thing I really have to go on for Rose right now is that mm-hmm. is episode eight. And quite honestly, I didn't care for the character in episode eight. Yeah, but I'm fair enough that when more story arcs come out for her, when episode nine comes out for. Her, Maybe my opinion will change. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll just have to wait and see and kind of see where it goes from there. Um, well, switching gears now. Uh, uh like I said, this is going to be kind of a shorter show, so I apologize for everyone there uh, who was expecting a full 
length show, but um, just kind of wanting to catch up. And um, the la- one of the last characters we're going to talk about right now is uh, Kira. And I'm saving this one for last because honestly, There's, I don't really know if I have an opinion of Kira. There, it, that one, this one's a hard one to to really work with because. Kira, first off, is in one of the least successful Star Wars films. Yeah. And that's pretty much all we know her from. Um, yeah. I mean, little backstory, Ray's original name was supposed to be Kira. Yep, yep. You know, so that there's, there's the origin of where the name came from. But the character itself, okay, person who used to be part of a, a child slave outfit with Han on Corellia breaks free, winds up getting enslaved by uh by by uh, Crimson Sun or Crimson Dawn. Mm-hmm. And now is the leader of the Crimson Dawn under Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah, there's really nothing we I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, but beyond that, she's really an enigmatic character. I mean, we can go into some of her motivations for the things she did or what we think her motivations were, but they didn't really present much for her. Yeah, I mean, she was basically just presented as a foil slash love interest for Han. It was almost like she was presented to be just okay. We need a female protagonist, you know, female character that can kind of, you know, be along with Han for for this adventure, and that's all we need her for. And that that's pretty much it. She was she was meant uh, she she was a MacGuffin for lack of a better term in the film. Yeah. Uh because she was going to be she was intended to be Han's motivation, but at the same time yeah. his conflict. You yeah. Know, she was his motivation to get off of Corellia, to to join the Empire and get a ship to go back and get her. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when he finds her again, then she's the conflict of, do I really want to be a smuggler or do I want to help her? Do I want to, yeah. do I want to be loyal to Tobias or do I want to be loyal to, for lack of a better Kira. term, my, my childhood friend, you know, like yeah. she, she was, she was a MacGuffin to, to further the conflict of Han Solo, which makes it that yeah. much harder to, uh, to, to try to analyze her as a standalone character in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, because I mean, she's almost the like in the movie. She's almost the ultimate secondary character in the sense that, like you said, she really doesn't. She's a plot device. Yeah, that's basically what she is. She's a plot device, and you know, you could have. I do give her credit though because she brought uh, a, a legend, a legend EU slash uh, uh, old video game concept back into canon. Hmm. Uh, what's that? That she's a master of Tarascasi, the Star Wars martial art that was based on a video game called The Masters of Tarascasi. Remember, Star Wars had a, a Mortal Kombat style uh, uh, fighting game. I. Think we lost a little bit of connection here, guys. Bear with. Trying to get him back, uh, but yeah, like like I was saying, you know, uh, as I'm trying to get uh, John back, we we did have uh, 
her be a master of Terrascasi. She did mention that when she, when they uh, got into the mining area. Oh, we lost him. Okay, he will be back. I'm back in. Letting him know. Letting him know so that way he can come back in. Close. <clears throat> See if we can't get the uh, call to reconnect. Bear with me, guys. Um... It's weird to do a show without the host. <laughs> um, the long, the long and the short of it is that uh, Kira, Kira's motivations is what I question, because when she obviously was with Han on Corellia and they were looking to escape the uh, the the controls of of things like uh, I forget the creature's name that control. Hey, he's back. Hey, I'm back. Sorry about that, people. Uh, technology. Yay! Oh, no, no problem. I, I was rambling like a bumbling idiot while trying to get you back on. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, like, like um, I said, she was a master of uh, Tarascasi, which, if you remember correctly, was a video game series in the EU mm-hmm. where Star Wars had its own Mortal Kombat-style game. So yes, she literally I, brought the idea of Tarascasi back into canon. I remember that. <laughs> well, uh, since we're having a little, we've been having a little technical difficulties, we will just kind of wrap things up here really quick. And um, like I said, a short show, definitely a shorter show this week. Um, next week, though, we will be back to full strength, hopefully, uh, as we look at our final character in our Women of Star Wars, Ray. Ray Skywalker Kenobi. Palpatine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we'll find out. She's related to all of them. That's it. She's all of them. Ray Plagueis. Ray Plagueis. <laughs> Let me just throw them all out there. All your fan theories. <laughs> Ray, Pla- Ray Plagueis, Kenobi, Skywalker, Palpatine, Snoke. That- <laughs> I don't know. Would anybody really bone Snoke? <laughs> well, I, uh, I guess for the money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess so. Anyway, uh, once again, just thank, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to catch me, you can find me, of course, on Facebook at Mark Tolly, on Twitter at JohnMarkTolly1, and on Instagram at JohnTolly3930. Uh, and, of course, everywhere um, where Realm of the Mist is found. Online and Chris, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me anywhere Realm of the Mist is broadcast here on YouTube. You can find us in the description down below. Click the link for the website. You can also find us on wherever quality podcasts are heard. Make sure you're checking out all the other great podcasts of Realm of the Mist Entertainment, including Realm of the Mist Podcast, War of the Stars of Star Wars Podcast, It Had to Be Said with Venus, Press A Gaming Podcast with uh, Zephyr Zero, and our newest podcast releasing to Tonight, our good buddy Anthony Anthem has now joined the group with his own podcast, Delivery Brothers Podcast. Check him out, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. And as always, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Always. 
Why didn't the little pigs go in for some kind of flat share scheme? Does Jesus get to choose which wine he turns it into? Why don't Sims have the upper body strength to climb out of a swimming pool? And does everybody really want to be a cat? I'm Will Baker. And I'm Alex Prescott. And if you're the type of person that overthinks these deep philosophical questions, then Think to the Brink is the podcast for you. From Disney characters to song lyrics, debates to social etiquette, tune in every week for your dose of paralysis by analysis. All topic questions are welcome. If you can think it, you can overthink Think to the Brink, available on all platforms. Hey everyone, this is John. Being to check out our Star Wars podcast. Each week, my co-host Chris Dolly discusses the news and theory one of the largest movie franchises in the world. At Eastern, as we travel to the galaxy far, far away, right. When you need CBD, vape juice, or new mod, go to Vape Scorpion, 10859 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 116. They are formerly known as East Coast Vapor. They have all your needs, all the equipment, all the juice, and hey, while you're there, sit down, enjoy a beer, your own, and just hang out with a bunch of cool people. So guys, if you really need your next vape machine, or maybe you just want to try low-made uh, juice, make sure you hit up Vape Scorpion. That's 1085 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19116. Or give a call to 215-464-8273. Oh yeah, and make sure you let them know that Realm of the Mist Entertainment sent you. He said that she said how dare you say that? That's offensive. Well, someone's got to say it. It had to be said with Venus. Catch the live show Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out the recordings at any time. Guest check weekly. Listener, beware. Mature content. Sexual content. Trigger warning. Do you dare say it? Hi, my name's Chris, and I'm here to tell you about Realm of the Mist podcast. Realm of the podcast, we talk about all the greater things from movies, music, books, comic books, and many, many other forms of entertainment, as well as politics, current events, and just general humor and having a good time. If you're looking for a podcast that is right up your alley, look no further than Realm of the Mist podcast here on Anchor.fm or fine podcasts can be heard. Hi, this is Dave from the Comic Collection at 83 Bustleton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and, of course, comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello. And say that the guys from RadioCast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. 
Three-eyed turtle? Is that alright? <laughs> oh, fuck is a three-eyed turtle? Are you tired of the same old podcasts with no humor? Well, join us for After Hours. Everything is funny, at least to us. On Anchor.fm and where oh quality God. podcasts are heard. How the fuck did we get on this? <laughs> I don't know. DC started this shit. It's their fucking fault. Everyone, this is Dak. This is Liam. And this is White People Shit. We are a bi-weekly podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe you're bi-week. I'm straight and strong. It means twice a week, you douche. Oh. Yeah, listen to us twice a week. On White People Wednesdays, we talk about gay stuff, zombies, superhero sex positions. And on Featured Peep Fridays, we interview the Featured Peep of the Week. Yeah, like a podcast and look for the white dude in red pajamas we're on apple podcast stitcher spotify youtube and anywhere we believe in equal opportunity humor where all things can be made fun of so if your feelings get hurt and you're offended you can always eat a dick